What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 68 of the Playconomics podcast, breaking down the business behind the world of video games. I'm one of your hosts, Bobby Kowecki, here with my co-host, Matt Mascara, to bring you industry context for industry trends. Fucked up that intro, but we're here. It's yeah. happening, and we're going to keep Darn. the show rolling. Do it. Episode 68. Yeah, doing this for a year or anything. If this is your first time joining us, Welcome. To all potential play economists out there, if you like what you're hearing, you want to hear more about it, there's a QR code right on your screen there. Scan it. Join the community. Matt, we're recording on a Sunday, which I'm not going to lie to you, I enjoy because we've had the week's worth of news to break. Yes. You know? Usually when we record on Thursday, there's that little snippet. I mean, who knows? Friday news. And you know what they do with the Friday news cycle? Is that's the news they don't want people talking about. That's right. So they throw it in there on a Friday afternoon and are like, you already read the paper. Yeah, and exactly. Monday, something else has happened. Some new new news has you come. The weekend news. Exactly. But uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll start recording on Sunday more often. Abandon our duties, families, and all other. Yeah. You tell yeah. you tell Sarah. You tell Sarah that because we originally recorded on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you remember back in the late great uh, humble beginnings of play economics, we did, we did the Sunday recordings, and then both of our lady friends were like, "Absolutely not." But you know what? They don't believe in the vision, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's it. But divorce immediately. First- divorce. <laughs> hit us with our first micro talk. Oh no, okay. no, 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 no! Before we get into it, before we get into it, I forgot. I forgot. Don't. Ooh, whew, I would have heard about it. How was your week, Bobby? Uh, great. How was your week? It, my, my week was fine. How was yours? Uh, ah, you know, same old, same old work. Fantastic. Little. Grinding towards the precipice of the inexorable oblivion that is yeah, due to... Yeah, the elite to... four of Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get we to will. that. We will. We will. But the first thing I have to speak about, because I feel as if I... You know in the movie, in like the mystery movie, where like someone broke the case but they're the only ones who believe it yes i just finished watching uh breaking bad again you're the hank schrader that's exactly it that's exactly it right i'm hank schrader on the toilet right now this is the clip ready apple is walking so dangerously thin on the on the uh i guess it would be intellectual property theft line okay so the you know what sonic branding is I promise this will all make sense. It'll all connect to PlayStation. You know what Sonic branding is? Hit me. Give me a definition. It's Tell like a, j- it's a, j- it's a jingle or some sort of short soundbite that you immediately identify with the company. So you remember, okay. if I say Intel, what is the Intel sound? I, yeah. Dang, dang, right? Yep. If I say Xbox, what is the, the Xbox? click, though. <laughs> yep. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 So you're with me there. You don't play PlayStation, but when you pop a PlayStation trophy... I know the sound. You know the sound, right? I do, yeah. I picked up a, my AirPods. I've had my AirPods since they came out for five years, and those things took a beating. I think the AirPods next to the iPhone are the best product Apple has ever come, come out with. Agreed. G- genuinely, Agreed. right? Big fan. D- original AirPods, 
took a beating five years in. One of them like will last only for 20 minutes. It'll disconnect. The battery won't charge. The case has only got tougher. Anyway, anyway, I got the new, the AirPod Pro with the noise canceling. Fantastic. Yes. But when you click them, a little noise kind of plays to let you know which mode you're in. The Apple AirPods noise canceling notification is the PlayStation trophy sound. And I don't know how more people haven't connected these two dots. That's all I have to say about this and we can move on. Okay. But I, it, it has been just bothering me to no end. I'm glad that's bothering you. I really, really am. There's no way under God's green earth Sony would ever care about that because it's not the Sony sound. But it is. Listen, I I have never heard that anywhere else. No, what I'm saying is it's it's not the like you're starting your PlayStation up sound. So I don't think it's worth it for them to go after Apple on this. It's it's but listen. It's but listen, Apple has its own suite of very identifiable sounds. The Mac turning on sound, the dang, yep. right? The iPhone, the original iPhone notification noise that do ding. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Those are Apple noises. So it matters. It matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying something like the if this was going to be an issue, those those AirPods have been out for a long time. Somebody else would have like. I don't know. I don't know. All I listen. Playconomist army. You. I need someone else. I need listen. If I immediate red dot site (laughs) to the Sonic and the Apple people, that's that's what's been keeping me awake. Other little micro topics here that I kind of just want to blow past news that broke uh, since we put the document together. Last of a show, nine episodes, January fifteenth, nine p.m. HBO. How do you feel about it? You gonna watch it? Maybe. I'm not a big. That's it. Yeah, uh, you're not gonna get this out of me because I'm not a big post-apocalyptic guy. I tried The Walking Dead. I couldn't get into it at all until after it went to Netflix, and I could watch it all at once. So maybe because I'll be able to watch this all at once. No, you will after it's done because this will be week by week. Oh, then absolutely not. Is it gonna get my attention? I like the week-to-week stuff, man. It reminds me of a simpler time. Yellowstone's coming back. That's week-to-week. I get a little Sunday thing, Nicole and I, right? Like, this is... I'm stoked about this, not because I give a shit about The Last of Us show, because I've played The Last of Us 1 and 2. I've had those experiences, right? I'm stoked on this because I get to watch it with Nicole, who Mm -hmm. doesn't care about The Last of Us or anything like that. But, like, I've been talking about this game forever, so this is kind of a cool entryway. Uh, can't wait. Super cool. Hopefully uh, makes HBO a lot of money. Speaking of a lot of money, speaking of a lot of money, uh, Henry Cavill has officially said, you know what? I'm good on the Witcher series. I check, please. And he's out. Uh, officially, this broke over the last couple of days. Henry Cavill and I wrote here in the document said, nah, G, fuck the Witcher. Yep. Get the fourth most popular Hemsworth brother to do it. Now, is this because he's back playing Superman and DC probably uh, all the the money that they saved uh, instead of taking a loss on Batgirl? Remember Batgirl? Remember that when that was going to come out? 
instead of paying for uh, Ezra Miller's uh, legal fund, they were like, let's just do the thing that makes the most sense and get Cavill back as Superman. It's literally the only good thing DC has has ever done right now. Has ever done right? Maybe, maybe, because he's the cameo. Spoiler alert! At the end of Black Adam, I didn't pay money to see Black Adam, but that's the thing going around the internet. We get a Rock versus Cavill fight. I would love that. It'd be pretty dope. Yep. Pretty dope, right? Anywho, that's that's all I got on on that news. I would imagine it's because of Superman. The timing almost makes too much sense that he would say, because everybody else on the cast read up, right? So he's doing the third season, that's in the can, but then he's out. Which sucks because Cavill's like such a nerd. Like he actively gives a shit about this kind of stuff. It's so rare that you find that. Yeah, but the the nerdiness goes right back to Superman, though. Yeah, but he's more of like a high fantasy nerd. Like he's into Warhammer and stuff, like all that kind of stuff. I'm not even into Warhammer. Yeah, man, that would be that would that would be the the holy trinity of weeb. You're into feet, Naruto, and Warhammer. Warhammer. You can't do it. They they just can't all coexist in that same space. Um, As As we talk about feet. We're going to transition to our next mini topic because I'm done talking about Henry Cavill and The Witcher. One last and, thing. One last, yeah, one last yeah. media-related thing. Marketing media thing. I think we are back to... We've come full circle back to... And we'll talk about this later, but I think the theme of this episode is going to be, hey, remember the PlayStation 3? Remember that recession? Let's do everything we did during that recession now. And it's right down to the marketing. Because uh, I sent it to you, but that God of War trailer with Ben Stiller and Blair. John Travolta and LeBron James. Yeah. Listen, man, we, we haven't had a Sony commercial that on the nose in forever. That is so PlayStation 3 marketing Sony, it's not even funny. See, but my thing is we haven't had a... And the reason I love this so much is because... We haven't had a commercial for mm-hmm. video games like this in a while. And it's just kind of been advertising like Call of Duty's coming, World of Warcraft's coming, Spider-Man, all of the just title, 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 title with no ads. Like it's just announcements. It's little tiny teasers and trailers. No big market commercials. And I love that. I, love I, love, that. I loved it too. I thought I thought it was so funny on the nose like – it was such a weird mishmash, like Ben Stiller's Kratos, but John Travolta looks like Kratos, right? Um, and then piggybacking here, I didn't put this in the document. I'll only briefly touch on this. God of War reviews are out. Mm-hmm. Doing much better than I thought it was going to do. I thought really? this was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought this was going to be a safe 80, 85, the sequelitis thing, like, how much more can you give me in God of War, right? In that God of War 2018. Uh, but just like with The Last of Us Part Two, it seems like it is justifying its existence whole cloth, right? Yep. I'm, you, I'm stoked to play. Do you think it's interesting, like, right around the time of um, God of War doing numbers in, like, critic reviews, and it's obviously going to do very, very well on Tuesday, and it's going to be probably the fastest selling god of war or whatever it's obviously going to be great 
and then yesterday... It's currently the best, uh, highest-rated game on Metacritic. For... Above Elden Ring for the year. So, with all of that happening, yesterday I start seeing things on Twitter, and I start seeing things on the internet. Datamind, Elden Ring DLC. Datamind new map in elden ring or new this new that new that and all of a sudden i'm like are they about to wait until god of war comes out and then drop a dlc patch maybe but i don't i've never seen a dlc patch that counted in a game of the year conversation neither have i i'm just it's just because the only reason i'm thinking they would do it is because elden ring came out so long ago that this will get people to boot it up again I mean, I've, I've had, what was it, like a month, two months ago, I had that little tryst with Elden yep. Ring again, right? Yep, you had to put it away. I did, I did. Um, I would love an Elden Ring DLC. FromSoft DLCs are notoriously awesome. The Old Hunters uh, Bloodborne DLC, I would argue, is like the three best bosses in all of Bloodborne are all in the DLC. That's fair. I, I'm excited for it. I would love oh, yeah. an Elden oh, yeah. Ring DLC. Absolutely I'd, love it. I'd love more of it. Um, but I, I think, you know, in a year that is kind of, we had like almost uh, two peaks in a valley. Because like between Elden Ring and God of War, we haven't, we haven't really had anything. No, not no. even a little bit. Right? So I think those are going to be the contenders when it comes game of the year time. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Call of that booty, Matt. This is coming us from Charlie Intel, but this on Twitter, it's a big Call of Duty site. But uh, it's been breaking all over the place. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 2022. So the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Two. Yeah, anyway. um, Fastest selling Call of Duty ever and surpassed 8 hundred million in its opening weekend beating out the previous record holder of modern warfare 3 in 2011 more players online opening weekend than ever before in franchise history all that to say nobody i've said this for how many weeks now matt it doesn't matter at a certain point and i think this is uh I think the kernel of Sony's argument where they're like, look, guys, I'll talk about my experience with the Call of Duty when we get to what we're playing. This is by no means the best Call of Duty ever. Nope. I wouldn't even say this is in the top five Call of Duties ever. I think this is a inferior Call of Duty to the 2019 Modern Warfare Call of Duty. But nobody gives a shit because... Oh, Call of Duty. it's Call of Duty Day. Let's sign in and play. And um, look, that's like when it comes down to a property like Call of Duty, and I mean, look, it, 800 million its opening weekend, even by Call of Duty standards, is viciously impressive. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a lot of money, a lot of sales. So. And especially, and, and I know you'll touch on this, I, I saw what you wrote here in the document, but to put opinion, because I definitely want to get your thoughts as well, is especially since this is a two-year supported Call of Duty, they've gone on record as saying that for a while, with a battle pass, Warzone 2 hasn't even dropped yet. Nope. So you can imagine, 
you can imagine when that comes out. What the what the zeitgeist there? Battle pass. Yes, like this one. Well, the Modern Warfare did, the Black Ops did, the World War Two one did. Yeah, it it has a battle pass. Yeah. All right. So my big takeaways on Call of Duty is Jesus Christ. It's just. I'm over the Activision Blizzard King argument of you can't let Xbox have this. It's such a crucial thing to PlayStation. I get it. I get it. But I really, I want to stop talking about Call of Duty so much. It's We're not it, talking about it anymore. Literally, no, no, no. after today, we don't have to discuss it That's ever what I'm again. That's saying. But like, my thing is, like, everyone knows that Call of Duty is awesome. Everyone knows that people are going to play Call of Duty. I'm very, very happy that it did $800 million. You love to see numbers like that because for me, when Call of Duty hits this kind of spend, people are playing video games. And I like to see that. I like to p- see people engaged with their Xbox, engaged with their PC, engaged with their uh, their PlayStation because I like seeing people play video games because I enjoy video games. And $800 million in an opening weekend is good for the video game industry as a whole, so I'm happy to see it. Do you know what it's really not good for, though, and that made me sad? It's not good for Apex Legends, and it's not good for Overwatch. Oh, bro, I've immediately forgotten about Overwatch. The minute I booted up Call of Duty, listen, uh, and we'll get to, because we have some listener questions here, uh, when we get to the what we're playing, man, that this rebooted Captain Price... If there's somebody who Henry Cavill should play in a movie, <laughs> it's the it's the rebooted Captain Price. What a G. He's hanging out with Andrew Tate, this Andrew this you new Captain top Price. G. Top G. Top Captain G. Price is top G. Love to see it. The only other thing I want to say about Call of Duty is when and if at all do you think that they're just gonna make it live service? I and think we're there. I think we're there. I think you got to go through one full cycle of everybody releasing again. I think you've got to get the Treyarch game out, and then you've got to get the whatever the hell game out, right? Sledgehammer, right? They do the World War II shit. I think once you've got all of those spun, you see it just become supported across the board. Because listen, although a massive, massive feat to undertake... Could you imagine all three Call of Duties running continuous battle passes at the same time? So almost like a sports league where basketball season never overlaps with football season, right? Like some of the sport, like baseball overlaps with hockey and then goes into football and then goes into basketball. You like 100% overlaps, right? But no, what I'm saying is, your Modern Warfare Battle Pass, your big content dump comes out. Boom. Yep. That's your support for three months. Yeah. Two months, two weeks into it, there's your Vanguard Battle Pass upgrade. Two months, two weeks into it, there's your uh, whatever Black Ops, Schmack Ops, right? Yep. I, my curiosity with this is... How much does Activision openly saying this will be a two-year supported game lead to uh, purchase? Because I'm not going to lie to you, that was a big reason for me jumping on board. 
was that I'm buying this this year so I don't have to buy it next year. Uh, I think it's huge. Um, one, I think it does two things. It lets people know that this game is going to be around and if, that if they buy this one, they don't need to buy exactly what you're saying. They aren't going to need to buy the second one in a year from now. Two, I think it's the fact that it's Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Plays a huge role in those sales numbers. I think if you did Vanguard 2, numbers like this don't happen. And three, I think it's because because of the two-year promise, they know that this game has to stand the test of time for whatever comes out in the next two years. So they needed to deliver something good. And I think that the idea that if they're going to hold on to something for two years, it has to be good, that gets people to purchase it. Totally agree. They can't fix it in a year. They can't be like, oh, no, 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 you'll get one in another year. They needed to ship this well. And they did. I'll get to that. Uh, but speaking for of it being around for a long time and kind of transitioning here. So Phil Spencer did an interview with iJustine. If you know her, she's a tech YouTuber and her sister, which I feel like is a, a weird pull to interview F- F- Phil Spencer. Love her, love her content. I just never pegged her as like a hardcore xbox stan mm-hmm. neat cool whatever anywho the two of them interviewed phil spencer and the gist of this is is him saying as long as there's a playstation out there playstation out there to ship to our intent is that we continue to ship call of duty on playstation that is at the same time an extremely comforting but duplicitous statement that is the most phil spencer ass statement of all time yeah, if there's a PlayStation out there, we'll ship to it. But, yep. you know, what that's the in- intent, yeah. you know. I'm intending to go out to dinner, but if there's several nightclubs along the way, my intent might change, you know. So, reading this article, I got exactly what you said. The fact that he said, we intend to ship it as long as PlayStation exists, we'll put it on there. And I think what everyone got up in arms about is because there was a previous three-year stance, and after that three-year stance, they're saying, after we honor that three-year period, it's up in the air. And what he is saying now is it's still up in the air, but they're going to ship it on, like the contract will be up in the air. The amount of money that Sony makes on this product in three years is up in the air. Because what's going to happen is three years they're going to look at this. And I'm assuming what they hope to see and what Xbox hopes to see is that their sales numbers are going to go up because they have whatever benefits go along with Call of Duty. And they're going to be shipping a lot of Call of Duty on their own console. And that's going to be a huge selling point for the Xbox. And once it becomes that, Xbox has all the leverage to say, listen, only 30% of our players play on playstation we're not giving you 50 percent of the purchase or 50 percent of the money if they purchase it from playstation or whatever the money is currently and they're going to say you need to give us more per purchase or it's not going on your console i completely agree like look the more we've heard phil talk phil is a much bigger uh shark then I think a lot of people give him credit for it. He comes, hey, nice guy, Phil Spencer. Hey, it's yep. Phil Spencer. Um, 
this is such a duplicitous double speak type statement. Cool. Yeah. But again, I'm so fucking tired of talking about this. We've, at this point, Matt, we've we've almost been talking about this shit for Every a year. Week. Yep. For a year. Yep. I'm over it. Um, but I do want to touch, and I, and I moved it up in the document here because I think it'll work a little bit better. We have a question coming in here from one of our avid listeners, the CPA. And if you want to be like the CPA and have your questions read aloud on the show, what we do is each week before we record, I throw in the old, uh, in the old Discord, which you yourself can join by scanning the QR code on the screen there. Big old list of topics of what we cover on the show and what we'd love to get your feedback on. So this question from the CPA, as well as all the rest of the questions from the CPA in the show, he writes, Bobby, you're incredibly handsome and very funny, but that's aside the point. Also, Matt, chiseled like a statue. Mm-hmm. However, how is Sony going to complain about having exclusives when from like Modern Warfare 3 forward, have the DLC God I should have rephrased this. The man works with numbers, not letters. Have the DLC drop first on PlayStation, then month later on Xbox. And CPA, I love you, but this is a completely different argument. Marketing and DLC rights? Look, if if I would much rather live in this world where we're fighting about like, oh, Xbox players get the map pack on Xbox and we have to wait. Fine, take it, whatever. This was a marketing game that we were playing forever. We were, you know, all the Call of Duty marketing during the 360 was 360 marketing. And all of it during the PS4 was PS4 marketing. And if you gave enough of a shit about the day one pass, you you signed up with the console that you saw the ad for on Monday Night Football. None of this is a material impact long term. How are they going to complain about exclusivity? Because the game has changed, right? Nobody's buying the map packs anymore. It's the battle pass. It's the uh, custom skins, that kind of stuff, right? Sony's going to complain about it because 800 million the opening weekend. So much money. There is not another property across Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo, that does that. Grand Theft Auto was the only other game I could be like, yeah, it's going to come out and do $800 million its first weekend. Minimum, right? Pretty much. God of War 2018. Their, their, their big marketing thing is that God of War 2018 just sold uh, $32 million. Let me, let me, let me do a quick, um, quick little math here. That is 4%. <laughs> Of 800 million. It's a small number. Compared. And that's. God of War. So. Yeah CPA. Sony's going to complain about it. Because the game's different now. The financial realities on the ground have changed. Matt. Anything to add? I think. To the CPA's question, I don't think I think he phrased it in the marketing because it's the most prevalent of the affiliation between Call of Duty and uh, PlayStation. But I do I see what he's saying. Where for the last the better half of a decade since the 360 era, Call of Duty has been not exclusively marketed to, but quite paired with a Sony product. 
PS4, mm -hmm. PS5. And to this day, still is. And I do think that while marketing might not be everything, that experience and that correlation between PS5 and or PS4, PS5 and Call of Duty cannot be understated. No. Because I think when it comes to time, when it comes time to buy a buy a console, if you are buying it with Call of Duty in mind over the last decade, you're buying a PlayStation because 100%. you know the additional anything additional with Call of Duty is going to Sony. The reason why Sony is still pissed about this, even though. For the last decade, they've been the person in the catbird seat regarding uh, Call of Duty is because it is completely different to market than to own because there's no chance of marketing. There's no chance of PS5 marketing for Call of Duty ever again if Xbox owns Call of Duty. It'll well, once the marketing contracts are now, right? Because you're still yeah, seeing yeah. that a little bit where uh, the Xbox owns them, but it's still this like the marketing contracts predate all of this. Yeah. Like those no, commitments no, no, have to be fulfilled to a certain yeah, but, degree. But three years from July when Xbox or when Microsoft purchases ABK, three years later, there is no longer a Call of Duty PS5 <laughs> marketing ever again. No, sir. So not once I'm ready to put a pin in that. Anything else you want to add on Sony, Microsoft and call of duty. I, if we, if we never discuss this again after today's episode. Yeah. I'm fine. No, the next time I want to discuss it is when the deal goes through because that will be huge news because that's when world of Warcraft finally comes to console. Yeah. Okay. But, you're, you're, you're listen, you belong in a QAnon chat room with... I'm going to completely manifest it. With, like, the people who are like, the real election day was March 14th, <laughs> and on the real election day, World of Warcraft will come to console. Listen, listen. I love it. And well, hold on. Of things... Remind me, after you finish this point, because we do have Blizzard news about something coming out, and I didn't add it to the document, but I know you saw it too, so continue. I'm sorry. Um, no, what I was going to reference, it, I was actually just going to transition to our next topic that I'm literally putting a timer on. Because if you don't know, on our channel already, it went live on Thursday, five or so days before this, is we're doing our deep dive into Tencent. And episode one is out in Great days. feedback from the audience yes. on that episode, by the way. Big Loving it. People so glad are, you guys liked it. All, I was worried about all the full frontal nudity in it, but people, people <laughs> seem to love it. So we did a full, so far it's two episodes we recorded. We got two more coming later this week. And throughout the month of November, you will see a lot of Tencent content. A lot of it focused on the political aspects of Tencent holding companies, as well as a few other more game industry things or game industry focused news on it, as well as a deep dive into their financials. This next topic put on by Bobby is Nico Partners China game market to decline for the first time in 20 years. We've been talking so much about the Chinese gaming market on these 10 cent episodes that Bobby has agreed that he gets 2 minutes 
Nope, not what I wrote in the doc. I, I was giving you an extra 30 seconds. He's got 90 seconds to talk about this. I have no comments. I'm sure Bobby will do a fantastic job. It's just I cannot talk about the Chinese government mm. and video games ever again after this 10-cent video. Three, two, one. All right, so here's the deal. As we read in this article by James Batchelor, at a glance, China's games revenue projected to decline 2.5% to 45.44 billion. Mobile to shrink to 5.1% to 30 billion represents 66% of total market. PC up to 2% to 13.6 billion. First year of growth since 2017. Overall, from this article, the main takeaway, the main takeaway is that China's economy zero COVID policy, impact for young gaming regulations, and a lack of new games, ISBN licenses have contributed to the adverse changes in the domestic games market. Big shocker there. When you limit half your people from buying products, the products then become less in demand. While 2022 is a down year for mobile, we forecast recovery and CAGR of 2.6% from 2021 to 2026 based on anticipation for new games, augmenting portfolios of legacy titles and industry stakeholders, adjusting adjustments to youth regulations. We observe momentum in the economy, esports, PC gaming, and enthusiasm among China's 700 million plus gamers. 20 seconds left on the clock here. All this to say, uh, not a big shocker. China's games market is declining because of overly onerous political uh policies and clearly it's having an impact on their industries but that's not a big deal when your industries are directly connected to the government anyway whoo baby 90 seconds proud of you proud of you and as we transition into our next topic because i have nothing to say on this topic we've discussed it at nausea multiple times that was good you got it that was good very impressed however embracer group or in this article, GameIndustries.biz by Brendan Sinclair. Big, big fan of Brendan Sinclair and his work for GameIndustries.biz. Would love to have you on the podcast. Embracer Group closes former Square Enix Montreal studio and QA team. So what you're thinking when I'm bringing this, bringing this article to you is one of two things. Matt, did they do this? And then why would they purchase a company and then immediately close it after? Is this a recession thing? And while I'm sure the recession does take a piece of it, I do think that this is more of just a cleaning of redundancies where they bought a studio or they bought a studio and a piece of it had redundant employees where it's they bought a QA team, but they already have a QA team. And the reason I'm thinking this is because a lot of what goes on in this article focuses around while all of these jobs may have closed and um, how this is going to impact roughly 200 people. We're also seeing that Embracer Group as a whole has offered a lot of these people positions at other sites within Embracer Group. So they're not completely getting rid of 200 people. They're getting rid of 200 jobs and trying to reallocate them to other studios, other teams, and things like that. Bobby, your take. Um, I mean, I think that's actually a really well thought out and salient point, uh, having nothing to do with feet, which is really where I th- shocked you. <laughs> Can I go with this? Um, yeah, I mean, Embracer Group is a huge entity overall in terms of how many different facets, uh, different studios it has under its umbrella. So redundancy cleanup makes sense. It's not like Elon going into Twitter like Ari Gold and Entourage just firing everybody. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, look, this happens all the time in bigger industries when a massive conglomerate picks up a smaller subsidiary. There is a, a meeting where everybody says it's it's that scene in uh, the greatest Oscar snub ever, Office Space. You ever see Office Space? I have, of course. When he's sitting down, they're like, "So, what is it that you you do here?" <laughs> that's that's that conversation going on there. Yeah. Um, sad for the people affected. Um, Play Economics is always hiring interns. It, That's all I got. It definitely does suck that 200 people lost their job, and I do hope that they're able to kind of pivot their lives, and I'm hopefully it's not too big of a change to transition to whatever studio they are offering most of these people positions at, and if they aren't able to do that, I hope they get a job as soon as possible. Nobody wants to be jobless during a recession. However... I just added this in, this little mini thing. I see. I see the Diablo whore. We'll go, you know Oh, what? is it four? Is it four? I'm sorry. We'll go directly into Diablo. So as we tie as we tie up the loose ends on our Embracer Group conversations, Bobby has put a tweet in the document that says it's a dual shockers tweet. Love dual shockers verified. Gonna take their information to heart. Dual shockers and VGC are like the two best uh, video game news outlets after play economics on the internet right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely being facetious. However, Diablo 4 reportedly will get an official release date next month during the Game Awards 2022 ceremony. The source came that the game will be released someday in April 2023. It better the, be Do you good. need to change your pants? <sighs> no. I'll tell you why I don't, ha- I don't need to change my pants because I hate Diablo. No, you don't. Yeah, I do, because it's Diablo. Discount World of Warcraft. If you want to play Diablo and have it be better, play World of Warcraft. It's just unequivocally better in every way, shape, or form. Diablo. However, will I be I'm playing? writing this down because that was a horrific statement. What? Is Discount, Discount World of Warcraft. I said what I said. Wow. If you actually want to play a video game, play World of Warcraft. However, I am excited. I am also excited for Diablo 4 because it has couch co-op. And yeah. that's and I could play it on a console. And that makes it exponentially more valuable to me than World of Warcraft because I don't want to play video games on my PC anymore. I have a Xbox Series X and an Xbox Series S. So I'm going to use one of those. All right. So you wake up. And you're in like one of those warehouses from Saw. And in one hand, and in one hand, hold on, you've, you, you can only have one. Otherwise, you, you know, your hand's going to get cut off. You're holding, you hold on, that? you're holding World of Warcraft on console. Yeah. And on the other hand, you're Dude. holding Sarah's hand. Which, which are you, which, which hand's getting cut off? The problem is, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Sarah. I'm gonna go with Sarah. But so Sarah's you, getting falling into the vat of eels. Yeah, let me tell you why picking Sarah is still the shit under the stick for me. <laughs> Can't wait for her to listen to this one. It's all right. She doesn't listen. She's. Good. I'm gonna hesitate. <laughs> I'm gonna hesitate to drop World of Warcraft on console. And I'm never going to hear about it. I'm never going to stop hearing about it. 
And that's going to make me regret dropping World of Warcraft on console. Into the eels? Yeah, because World of Warcraft on console wouldn't yell at me for hesitating. That's true. It wouldn't. Sarah um, would yell at me for hesitating, and I would hesitate too much. I'm listen. You're 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 a man with conviction, and you stick to it. I respect that. I just had to have it be put out there in the most stark terms imaginable. <sighs> but yeah, I, I'm excited for Diablo to get a, a, a release date, just because so far on Activision Blizzard games that have been released in the last two months, or I'll give it a month, one of them launched or actually it did launch very well like overwatch 2 launched extremely well profit wise okay yeah not gameplay wise glad, glad so we're, we're gonna see overwatch doing great numbers call of duty doing call of duty record-breaking numbers we're gonna see what Dragonflight does at the end of the month <laughs> hoping for a good one on that and then Diablo is going to close the loop on big, massive IP that Activision Blizzard King has. And at the end of the There's year... There's one more waiting in orbit. What? For the real weebs out there. What do you do? Yeah, what do you do if they bring back a StarCraft, man? No shot. No shot they bring that back. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Listen. Could you imagine... Okay. You're in that same Saw scenario. There's a room, and it's filling with, I don't know, poison or acid or eels. Pick your thing. Poison, acid, eels. The, the eels that spew poison and acid. Yeah. From and jam. you can either. There's only two exits. One exit is a room full of sonic furries, and one exit is a room full of professional starcraft players <laughs> which room do you flee to how or do you just accept your fate that your eel based fate how fast can the sonic furries run fast they've they're committed to the character <laughs> they're committed to the role their arms are behind their their back while they're running and everything I'm going with the Sonic Furries because at least we can watch the movies together and they're great. You deserve each other. Yeah, um, yeah but, I mean, no, cool. A, I, I think it would be good for, for Blizzard to, as you said, close the loop on their content pipeline of yeah, the stuff if, they've announced. If ABK can close the loop on all of these major IP and right before they get purchased, all of these do record numbers for their own products, that would be amazing. And it would just go to show how good of a purchase even though it was 69 billion dollars this was for microsoft how broken because it's not going to release in a stable state how diablo? broken will diablo be on launch i think diablo has a better chance because of the way that diablo plays to do okay I think World of Warcraft's going to be broken. They'll, you they'll, can, they'll find a way to fuck it up. You know? No, but you could play Diablo local. And like mm. you could experience Diablo single player. And I think that will save it. Because there's that option where World of Warcraft, if you can't get into the game... You're done. You can't... like It, it was like Overwatch. It's going to be like Overwatch. It's going to be the exact same thing. The Battle Royale mode? 
going to be um, Moving on, next little topic here is we're almost an hour into the show. Um, EA and Marvel Entertainment announced multi-title collaboration to make action-adventure games. This is actually coming from Marvel.com. Today, Electronic Arts, Inc. and Marvel Entertainment announced their collaboration on a long-term deal to develop at least three new action-adventure games that will be available for consoles and PC. Each one of these games will be their own original story set in the Marvel Universe, with the first title in development being a single-player, third-person action-adventure Iron Man game. Coming out of Motive Studio. And Matt, I want you to give your take on this first. Okay. My take has a lot to do with what you titled this section in which our is... notes. Which you titled it. Let me just pull up the doc real quick. You titled it, oh good, more superhero shit. You can't sit here and say more superhero shit when you stand on a soapbox... And tell me how one of Sony's greatest IP and their big budget thing that Xbox doesn't have is Spider-Man. And you can't be hyped for Wolverine and then shit on superhero stuff. Okay. And that's what I wanted you to say. Yes. Because I'm not... I'm not... Because Sony's not doing it. No, 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 no. This no. Stupid, look, I, I, look, I think... The th- okay, the thing about this that is the biggest red flag is that it is a multi-year, de- a multi-game deal, mm-hmm. right? Where I appreciate this uh, <clears throat> sort of pick and choosing the rights. Like, I like what Marvel has done with their games more than what they've done with their movies. Because with their games, they said, okay, who is good for a Marvel Ultimate Alliance game? Okay, Team Ninja. This person. Okay, who is good for a Spider-Man game? Okay, Insomniac. Who is good for an Avengers game that nobody wants, but because it's a, a live service game? Square Enix. Okay, my so that approach, I think, is better than what they did with Star Wars, and this sounds exactly like they did with Star Wars. They're like... You guys own the Star Wars license. You put out great stuff, banger. You put out shit, you still own it, right? We're getting, however, to, like, the reason Grand Theft Autos are these cultural events is because you don't get them all the time, mm-hmm. right? The reason I'm excited for Spider-Man and Wolverine is because I'm not getting a Spider-Man and a Wolverine game every year. And I say this about a lot of shit, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, Pokemon, whatever. But there's a critical mass, and this happened to me with the movies too, where like after Endgame, I'm good. I'm done. I don't need to watch all of the shows to to know what's happening in all of the movies. Oh, remember uh, uh, WandaVision? Remember WandaVision, man? You love... Like no, like stop. The reason you know the the reason Wolverine's my favorite fucking superhero is because they said, yeah, he's in the X Men, but you get three Wolverine movies. You get a trilogy. He dies at the end. You create a little bit of that scarcity. We'll bring him back for one more Deadpool movie, and that's it. What? <laughs> my critique to that stance 
is that I'm assuming that these are going to be superhero movie, superhero games that we've never had a superhero for, or at least in recent history, we have not had a superhero game for this. For example, Iron Man. I don't think we've ever had an Iron Man game. It was a VR game, but whatever. Yeah. But I'm hyped for an Iron Man game. I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be fun. It won't be for me. I'm not big into the superheroes. But what I did want to bring up, they said three. Iron Man is one. Who do you think are the other ones? (sighs) See, because again, now we're getting to that B tier of shit where it's like. I think there's one more high tier superhero that needs a video game and they didn't do it right the first time they did it. Hulk or Superman, I think, are probably the most Hulk. fun to play. Hulk. Right? I think they're gonna get I think you're gonna get a really, 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 really good Hulk game. And then I think they're gonna do one of the girl superheroes. Neat, cool, awesome. But like my point is I've gotten my game. I said for years, great, you gave Insomniac to Spider-Man, now give me a gritty, naughty dog <laughs> Wolverine. And I didn't get a naughty, I got an Insomniac Wolverine, but I'm good, good enough. check good please, I'm, good I'm satisfied, I'm happy. Like, at what point, like, remember, I don't care. I was alive and so were you. When Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, was announced, and everyone was like, what the fuck is this? I agree. But then the, the Marvel seen. fans were like, oh, well, did you read the books? It's in the books. You didn't read the books either, Jacob, with your Android, Android phone. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jacob. However, <laughs> all right, I just wanted to bring up the Marvel thing because I know how much you love talking about Spider-Man and talking about Wolverine. And I really, really hope they do good with these because there is a lot of money to be made. But that's why they're going to fuck it up, because there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. And nobody has the restraint to do what Sony Santa Monica is doing with the, like, it's only two games. It's only two games. We're here. We told the story, and we told it in two games. Yeah. All all they need to do is make a, I mean, how many actual, no, there were so many movies that Iron Man was in. Never mind. Never mind. They they can't do it. They can't do enough in a they small set of games. They can't save. They can't stop themselves. Because, like, how do you tell Iron Man's story in a video game quickly? Like, how do you do it in three games? Like, you would need to do the events of Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 in almost a game. And then all of the Avengers crap. And then that's without being able to play any of the other Avengers characters. Like, the... You know what? The more I talk about this, the more I'm on your side of this argument where I'm just like, I don't think they should do this at all. Hulk and Superman are the only other markedly different superhero games I would ever like to see. Yep. Superman, we've never had a good Superman game. Hulk, Ultimate Destruction, banger. Now give me another one. Yeah. But, all right. Speaking of things we would like to play. As we're almost an hour in, you were correct. This is going to be our longest episode ever. Buckle up, guys. We're still going to do it. We're still going to go over it. Bobby, what have you been playing? So I've been playing Modern Warfare 2-2, 2022 release. Modern Warfare, the second Modern Warfare release. Modern Warfare the second. That's how we'll call it. Yeah. That's what we call it. And... 
Mm, let me try to think. This is a 7 out of 10 Call of Duty. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Take 7. Not out bad, 10. but not good. I would put if I had to rank best Call of Duties of all time, I would say Original Modern Warfare 2. The first Black Ops. Modern Warfare 2019. In terms of best Call of Duties, top three. In three. Right? I I couldn't even tell you. I haven't played a recent Call of Duty in so long. I think the last one I played was original Modern Warfare 2. Now, we have a question here from the CPA. Is Modern Warfare 2 as bad as everyone is saying campaign-wise? No, it's not. It's just very... um. It, it It's lacking any identity, right? I was saying, man, Modern Warfare Narcos, goddamn, what a cool idea, right? We, we, they, had, they had something there with Ghost Recon Wildlands. There is no uh, true identity to the story, right? Like, it is. It's you're in Mexico, you're south of the border, very cool. Cool setting. But... They do that member berries type thing where they're like, hey, remember the uh, sniper mission from Call of Duty 4? The, the greatest level of most video games ever? You know exactly the level I'm talking about. I do. We put a sniper stealth ghillie suit mission in our game. Remember? It's like, yeah, I fucking I remember. Cool. Neato. Hey, remember the no the controversial no Russian mission from Modern Warfare Two, Matt? I do. Well, that's the the uh, post credit scene. Cool, whatever. Uh, Henry Cavill, Captain Price, cool. Lacking identity, right? Multiplayer. I've never had more fun. I've never, but it's, it's, but the multiplayer makes up a big portion of that. And the yeah. multiplayer is imperfect. I think the new weapons platform system. So you remember in Call of Duty where it was like, okay, you have one gun and you use that gun and it progresses through all the attachments of that gun. You have to basically grind that gun, right? Yep. This one's a little bit different where, much like in real life, you have weapon platforms where it's like, all right, you have the AK body. But if you use the AK body at a certain level, the tree opens up where you can do the AK sniper or the AK submachine gun. Like, but you can't get the AK submachine gun all the way. But if you like, yep. it's a little mishmash. I don't know if I love it. I think, I think it's a two cube by half thing. I think it's more trouble than it's worth. I don't think that anybody would have complained if they just kept, you know, here's your gun. If you want the silencer, grind a couple levels on it. Which I never understood why they didn't just stick with that. For yeah. Um, more than that, there is there is a bunch of, again, it's great, it's cool, great, it's responsive, I'm running it at 120 hertz, it's fantastic, the lobbies are toxic beyond any words, and that is just, it's, it, it does my heart good to know that... Another generation feels it. Yeah. Um, but there's a map in this Call of Duty... That I understand what they were trying to doing, 
they were trying to make it like shipment in Call of Duty, the original Call of Duty 4. Yep. And what they ended up with is the worst Call of Duty map ever. Yikes. Because what it is, is it's a highway closed down and you're on a highway and it's filled with cars. So you think, oh my God, that's great. There's so many little nooks, crannies and... Now, for something like Search and Destroy or like single knockout games, might be fun. On Hardpoint or Free For All or Team Deathmatch, where you're constantly spawning in, the worst. Zero sight lines, movement is extremely hampered, bad time. Yep. I like that it'll be supported for two years. This will be my, oh, I'm always going back to it when I have free time game. Campaign was whatever. I'm laser locked on God of War right now. I will not be playing or buying anything else until I platinum God of War. That's fair. That's fair. What about you? What have you been playing? So I've been playing a couple things. Nerd. Uh, One, I kept very, very true to my goal of beating both Omega Ruby and Ultra Moon before the new Pokemon comes out. When does that even happen again? Soon, right? The 18th. Next week? Next Friday. God. Not this Friday, coming up the following Friday. Just uh, just rapture me now. <laughs> yeah. But I beat Omega Ruby. It was fine. Um, huge critique of Gen 3 that no one talks about. Move pools and stat distributions of all of their Pokemon suck. Oh, my God. Here we go. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about Omega Ruby. The you didn't like you, li- you didn't like the the riding on Groudon at the end. It that, was cool. It was cool. That and then the Delta unnecessary episode change. Thing, yeah, the Delta episode was cool. Who doesn't like them? Some Sky Pillar, am I right, ladies? Yeah, they also made Sky Pillar very very easy. My critique of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is, for absolute God's sake, why every fifteen feet. Am I talking to an NPC? Like they Just literally like real walk life. me through the game. Just like real life, NPCs are everywhere. It's wild, absolutely wild. However, what else I've been playing is season fifteen of Apex Legends dropped. New maps, awesome. Uh, no new gun, new character, very iffy. Not a big fan. However, I'm having a lot of fun playing Apex right now. And the sec- the third thing I've been playing. You're gonna go is- diamond? No, absolutely not they changed the way that you get points in ranked i'll never get it i'll absolutely never get it there's not no with way. that attitude no it's a, it's such a time commitment and i just will never have that kind of time and i don't mm. have the people to play with where they have that kind of time either so that'll never happen everyone else in my squad had diamond at one point in their lives i will not have it um the last thing i've been playing is biped biped is probably the most adorable couch co-op video game i've ever played in my entire life and it's just like a puzzle a puzzle run of a you're going from map to map completing puzzles robot guys you control one leg of obviously biped two legs it's just a little robot i'm gonna put a i'm literally gonna put a clip from i'm looking it up right now i'm looking it up right now i'm gonna put a clip from my xbox game right here you'll see it right now um i took a screenshot uh, you're this little box with two legs and you use each one of the joysticks controls one leg 
and you can't move both of them at the same time. And it's just a nice little puzzle game. It's hilarious. I played with Sarah. There was a pink and blue one. It was adorable. Highly recommend it if you're trying to play some couch co-op games, which what I've established over the last week is couch co-op is a criminally underrepresented game feature now, and they've almost completely abandoned it Hmm. in everything. And Halo, where the hell is couch co-op? Yeah, yeah, good luck with that one, buddy. Let me let me know when that one comes through. Maybe season five. You know, I know you're releasing seasons every eight to nine months now, which is fantastic. But that's what I've been playing. Highly recommend Biped. Great, fun afternoon. It literally took that and Unravel 2 took us like a day. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. But back into the juicy main topics. First one, PSVR 2. Yeah, and we went an hour without even mentioning it. An hour. And we're <laughs> about to mention it right now. PSVR 2, and this article is brought to you by the one and only Paul Tassie. Sony's PSVR 2 gets a high price and a close release date. And what you probably came to this episode to see is what is the price tag and when will it uh be an or when will it be launched february 22nd 2023 and it'll cost you 550 dollars. jesus christ we had one request sony one request to not make this an absolute waste of everyone's time and it was to make it under 500 dollars. and what did you do you went out and you made it 550 and this is going to be a clip my stance on VR will not change. The software is not good enough to offer me an experience that's anywhere near enough for me to buy a borderline accessory for $500 on a video game system. Done. That's my whole PSVR 2 take. All right. You want fanboy or you want real first? Uh, do fanboy first. Okay. Fanboy warning. Let me limber up here. This is cheaper than the PSVR 1 in, in real money adjusted dollars, yes. right? Number one. It's also cheaper than the PSVR 1 because the PSVR 1, you had to buy the camera, the move controllers. There was a whole bunch of extraneous shit on top of it. So stop your damn crying, okay? PSVR 1 launched at an approximate price to the console. This one is launching at an approximate price to the console. And you're getting everything you need in the box. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's my fanboy. Oh, that was it? Wow. That was it. That was it. That's not good. I was expecting way more fanboy stuff. That's not good. Beat it. Beat it. Beat my PSVR 2. Realist, and not my pessimist or my optimist, my realist is that unfortunately PSVR 2 is a victim of the times. Yeah. where much like PlayStation 5 is a victim of the times in the sense that it was a product that came out pre-COVID, had to have a price uh, hike because of COVID, and that's not unreasonable because it's... PlayStation, it, PlayStation is in the unfortunate position right now where they could... They could release this at $1, right? You could release it at any fucking price they want. At a certain point, the economic realities will kick in where they'll have to do a price raise. 
Now, Meta's done a price raise. Phil Spencer's gone on record saying that they may at some point have to do a price raise themselves if economics change. That's just the reality of the world that we're living in, right? Mm-hmm. So do they bite the bullet later or bite the bullet now, right? Because is it 550 and the price range raise never happens? Or is it 399 and then you get banged out with the price range? So that's the kind of prisoner's dilemma that they're forced into there. Where I th- and that, I think, is unavoidable and beyond Sony's uh, control in terms of the economic circumstances surrounding consumer spending. Yeah, yeah, but th- that's disingenuous because a, you're conflating that, oh, they would love to do it at $399, but then we would have to do a price raise. They weren't going to ship this at $399 regardless of a price raise potential. N- neither, of us, neither, neither of us knows that, right? My point is... There was a price, I am certain, just because just because of the fact that they raised the PlayStation's price, there was a lower price that was, I'm sure, explored because they didn't come up with this in the last 18 months. This has been something that's being R&D'd and yeah. market strategy and all that kind of shit. There was a lower price, right? Yeah. The reality on the ground, though, is th- this is a $550 console. Whether that's $550 and a price range would be fucking catastrophic. Or it's $550, it's an enthusiast product. If you can get it, get it. If you can get it and you're entrenched in the PlayStation ecosystem, the Horizon game, the new tech, the 4K thing, there's a lot to like here as an enthusiast, which is where I agree with you that as an accessory, no. $300, yeah, why not? 550 plus a game plus finding a PS5, which, as we said last week, is becoming more and more available, right? Yeah. Right? The bots, the bots, the scalpers just decided to stop scalping that. They yep. just for some reason they did Don't even get me started. Crazy. It's because they're gonna scalp the PSVR too. <laughs> That's it. That's they had it. to clear out their warehouses. Yeah. Anyway. Question here, and it'll tie into my overall thoughts from the CPA. Thoughts on PSVR 2 having supply chain issues like the PS5? I think Sony, I think we're past it. Obviously, you know, Q1, Q2 with a what is almost certain to be, especially by the time we're, no, by the time we're listening to this election day, it hasn't happened. G- guess what? After Tuesday, we'll be in a recession. The, the suddenly. They'll announce it. Suddenly. Everyone will remember how to like, do oh, math again. Yeah. Um, my point to this is, no, I, I don't think this is going to be supply constraint. I think if Sony is getting PS5s on the shelf, they'll be able to get this on the shelf too, right? To the yeah. people who want it. I, I don't see that being an issue. I also think that they've had enough time in the co- like the COVID ecosystem where they're adjusting the way Correct. that this product is going to be produced and shipped, that it won't have a supply chain issue because you can't do it. And this is also not going to sell anywhere near the numbers that a PS5 did at launch. This is a $550 accessory. And that's not like, I'm sure it'll sell and do fine PSVR numbers, but it's not going to do Xbox Series X numbers. It's not going to do ps5 numbers it's not going to do nintendo switch numbers because at it, the end of the it, day but it doesn't need to the, 
It, it needs to do meta quest numbers. And that, the, no, it's not. Because meta quest, even with the price hike, 400 bucks. So if you're there, if you're pitching someone a first time PSVR 2 is more powerful, more feature rich, better fidelity, higher resolution than MetaQuest. But it's $150 more, and the people they need to get with this for $150, it is hard without putting on both headsets to explain the leap of that $150 without having both experiences. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. Like, if I go to you and I say, hey, I have a VR system, it's 400 bucks or 550 uh, the 400 one's cheaper, it's not as great, and if you've never experienced VR before, you put on a MetaQuest and it's life-changing. Yeah. But then if you put on a PSVR 2, it's infinitely more life-changing, right? Yeah. But if I'm just trying to make that sales proposition to you without putting them on back-to-back, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fucking money. I'm gonna go MetaQuest. Yeah. I still think that for me personally, VR is not where it needs to be. And at least for the next five to 10 years, I don't think it's going to be. And I think the fact that to put out what we have right now for the state of VR, needing it to be $450 to $550 is too expensive for a secondary product of a video game product. The other crux of this is... Man, where are the games? Like, the Fire Sprite thing? Cool, but, like... This where was Half-Life Alex? Like, yeah. Can't be, it can't be that. Like, it needs to be more than Horizon. Like, you need something else on VR to make it worth the 550 It needs to be such an undeniable value proposition that you can't... You, you know, the, I can't afford not to buy this type yeah. thing. That's where I stand on PSVR right now, right? Yeah. yeah. The, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the Horizon would be a better selling point if Horizon 2 had the critical acclaim that it should have had had it not released next to Elden Ring. Like, I think if everyone had gotten hyped and loved Horizon and it was all everything but everyone was talking about for months, then Horizon might be enough to, at least as a launch title, get you there with all of those, like, secondary borderline mobile game type VR games. That are also available on, on MetaQuest. Quest. Yeah. So I think they need a blockbuster title, and I thought, and I think that Sony thought horizon was enough and it's just not here so here is the pin i'll put in this before we move on to uh last kind of mini little topic here yep as a diehard playstation fan i want to buy this i want this to succeed and i want this to do well and i'm sure horizon call of the mountain is going to be a earth-shatteringly good PSVR experience. However, as somebody with a wife, a job, a kid on the way, uh, rent, mortgage, car, this, it's just not there for me. Right now. Nope. Ask me holiday 23 when I can get okay. it on, on a bundle. Okay, I was going to say, tell me you're about to say, ask me a month from now. 
and I'm all in. No, no, like no, nah, I got yeah. I and again, it, this is not like me being against um, Sony and saying that this isn't a good product. If Xbox released a VR product, I just wouldn't buy it at the time. It's they have to sell it too expensive for the product that you're getting. Remember the Connect. Make America connect again, man. Yeah, at least that came with the console. You though. love the connect. You wake up early for the connect. The only good thing you the love connected being connected. Was, the only good thing the connected was you didn't need a headset because you could just talk right into it. Connect everybody. Oh, what else was cool is if my Xbox was on when I walked past it, it would sign me in, which was cool. I thought that was cool. That was it. That's all I had with the Kinect. But I didn't play any of the Kinect game because VR sucks. You don't remember that game with the raft where you could jump? I do. I didn't play it because you know why? I was playing Call of Duty like a normal teenager. Yeah, we got the Kinect one year for Christmas and then I think played it for like seven seconds and then we're like, we should we should trade this in immediately. Yeah, like as soon as the Wii was the best at like the motion control thing, everyone should have just scrapped it. They all had the chance, and they all were like, yeah, the Wii's doing it. Let's try to put out a high-quality, high-fidelity, great gameplay video game that also uses motion controls. And the Wii was like, bro, you don't need all that other stuff. Like, it doesn't need to be good. It doesn't need to be a high-quality. You need a red cap with M on it, stupid. And that's how they sold motion controls. (laughs) Um... As we transition to things that aren't stupid and that don't have motion controls yet, um, we're transitioning to this Forbes article. Again, Paul Tassi. Love him. Wish he would come on our podcast. Actually, you know what, Paul Tassi? You're welcome to come on the podcast whenever you would like. Don't need him. Don't want him. Yeah. Good news for PlayStation is hiding inside bad news for PlayStation. What a headline. Matt, I'll let you square this one off. Go ahead. So, um... No, no, no. I want you to go first because I did an overarching theme for this article. I'm sure you paid attention more to the actual numbers. Okay. Reading from the article now, on its face, the recent Q2 report about PlayStation's division is not great. PS5 sales are flat at 3.3 million from last year's, indicating continued supply problems. Software sales are down 18%, reflecting relatively light year for releases, at least pre-God of War and Modern Warfare 2. Ask us again at the end of the year. That number will change, I assure you of it. But what may be most concerning, the most concerning figures are that the PSN, PlayStation Network, PS Plus numbers, PSN active users are down 2% to 102 million, and PS Plus subscribers are down 4% to 45.4 million, down from 47.3. That's not good, and it's especially not good when even in a challenging year, a miss by by rival Microsoft for its Xbox Game Pass growth is only an increase of 28% in of the 73% they wanted to see. However, this is some measure of good news hiding inside the otherwise poor report. Despite a drop in overall PS Plus subscribers, revenue per subscriber is up 21% year over year, which makes it Sony's best quarter for subscription revenue yet. Uh, You guys can go read the rest of the article. It just kind of breaks down the different pricing tiers. The most salient point there is that Despite a drop in overall PS Plus subscribers, revenue per subscriber is up 21% year-over-year, which makes it Sony's best quarters 
for subscription revenue yet. Matt, what does that read as to you? It reads that a bunch of people didn't cancel their subscriptions and now they're paying a lot more for it than they originally were when they signed up. And I'm seeing this at I'm seeing this completely different than you are based by your facial expressions. But what I'm seeing this as is they increase the price of their still inferior to Game Pass product. And because of that, their revenue jumped because even though they had a 4% decrease and a 2% in the other aspect decrease, they're making more money because they're charging more for it. I yeah, I'm not I'm not far off. What I would say is that the fair weather COVID buyers have left. And what you are left with is the hardcore people who actively and actually use this type of the service. That being said, still a phenomenally inferior product to Game Pass. Where are the updated games? Where are the retro games, Sony? When is Spy Hunter going to be released? I want to know. Um... Why don't my my point in this is that the industry, every industry with tech, I, I've said this for the last three weeks, is consolidating its revenue growth. Yep. They're either laying people off or they're losing subscribers or income, whatever whatever their KPI is. Everybody's down. Everybody's battening down the hatches. Why don't you go for it? Why don't you take a shot? So. From what I read of this article is that it just is a double down on the issues that the video game industry is facing right now. We are destined to have down years like this, and we're seeing it currently with Sony because they haven't been able to release anything because games are taking longer to develop. And because of that, we're not introducing a lot more additional titles, and there's nothing to get that over the hump there's there's not that many more call of duties that are in the ecosystem right now that are holding everyone over in between these mainline sony exclusive releases xbox exclusive releases the big name titles there's more and more time in between each Mm. of these titles and it's causing these down years and we're going to see them cyclically we're going to see them every couple years every whenever there is a content drought we are going to see numbers like this My take on this is that Xbox and Microsoft did the correct thing by offering up a subscription service because it is the perfect way to bridge the gap between long content droughts by giving you so much that there's always something to play. There's always something to keep you engaged. And at the end of the day, the subscription will inevitably be cheaper than you purchasing the games outright. So, for example, there's six years between each Halo game now instead of the three it used to be. That's your example? That's your pick? I'm just saying timeline-wise, and I'm using Xbox as an example. So, for example, there's six years between Halo, there's eight years between Grand Theft Auto, as those games come out, you need something to have people keep engaging with your product. You either hope that third-party companies, which are getting consolidated minute by minute, are going to put out games that you can then sell on your console, or 
you offer them an expansive library for a subscription cost. With that being said, you can then go and download your couch co-op game that you're playing borderline to kill time as a hobby for what seems like free. Thus, keeping the person in your video game ecosystem, keeping them likely to spend an additional purchase here or there, and get them interacting with your product. In a way that, outside of the subscription base, we're seeing content droughts. Matt? Yeah. You sitting down? I am. Fresh pair of pants? Yep. Mark the calendar. You and I are in complete agreement. Yes! What day is it? 540, November 6th, Sunday, years 2022. I don't even know what to do. What? Not that I have... What pair of underwear am I put? Not that I have nothing. It's gone. It's out of my pants. Not that I have nothing to add, but you really saliently summed up the point in the sense that, yes, games are getting bigger. And too bloated to keep releasing. You need a supplementary thing if you're going to release a subscription service like this. You can't... Excuse me. You can't half-ass this. If you're going to take a shot at this, you got to take a shot at this. My thoughts on Game Pass, its effect on the industry, what have you, completely separate. I think playing this game, looking at these numbers, you got to do better. If you're going to play this game, Sony, play it. Don't half-heartedly do it. Um... I have not much more to add to that other than to say we're an hour and 21 minutes into this episode. We're an hour and 21. We've taken into a landing. We have a look. So I don't the CPA to think I didn't read his question because I did. The the CPA asked about uh, Black Friday sellers, games, consoles, or MISC. I don't have an answer for you because not a lot of the, not a lot of the sellers I would recommend have released their Black Friday catalog. But on next week's episode, I will have an answer for you, and I will consolidate all of the good sales. I have a guaranteed bundle that'll be there. Pokemon Scarlet? Nope. Uh, well, yes, but Switch and Mario Party 8. Oh, 100%. My life on it. My life on it, it'll be there. But we got a long way to go between next week. Who knows what'll happen? <sighs> But if you want to stay up to date on all the play economics news, if you want to continue to receive financial context for industry trends, give us a good review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the like button. Leave a comment down below why stuffing is the best Thanksgiving side. Uh, Bring back Vine will be the first ones there. You can follow us on Vine. Um, I love you, each and every one of you. And remember, as always, happy gaming.